Hello there and welcome to another episode of Ruben's podcast. A show where I speak to people about their lives over the last decade and the lessons they've learned along the way. On today's show I'm speaking with Maruk. I met Maruk back in 2010 when we were in university together. Even though she got a degree in history, Maruk followed her passion for fashion which took her to Italy where she spent most of the next decade. In today's conversation, she tells me more about her motivation to move to Italy and the challenges of working and living in a new country with a totally new language. We also chat about what it's like working in the world of high fashion, getting married during the pandemic, and how Italians and Indians have a lot in common. If you're new here, welcome to the show and I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. We're on episode 45. And if you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Ruben's Podcast. You can also support the show by buying us a coffee. Link in the show notes. Or if that's too much, just leave us a review when you're done. With that, let's get into today's conversation. Maruk, thanks for coming to making time to do this. Where in the world are you today? Um, I'm in London at the moment. I was supposed to be in New Delhi, but I'm in London. <laughs> London is home for you now, yeah. as of yes 2021 it is and 2021 is no 2020 is when you got married and that's how you moved to london yeah it, it, like you know visa stuff takes a bit like we had this uh, very like um, diplomatic visa wedding <laughs> what does that mean that mean we 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 basically got married to be able to live together sarthak was here so oh, i had to like, yes. do a wedding to show it on paper we're married and then come and live here together Got it, got it. So, so you moved to London, um, which has been home for the last, for most of 2021. Uh, but yeah. prior to that, you were in Italy. Yes, for seven years. For seven years in Italy. And, wow. Yeah. Okay. So for people who haven't kept up with Maruk, uh, we'll start with maybe a quick rundown on what she's been up to. And that I think sets good context on, I don't know if I'm going to title this conversation that, but one thing what Maruk said in her voice note to me was, if she wasn't born Indian, she would be Italian. So maybe <laughs> this attack conversation is going to be why Maruk is secretly Italian and and not Indian. <laughs> um but but for people who haven't kept up um Maruk studied with us with me uh, in college she studied history um up to 2013 and then after you graduated you went to pursue a degree in luxury brand management in fashion. Yes, great memory. <laughs> I am not surprised but um I'm curious to know sort of why like you decided to fashion but we'll we'll touch upon that um but you decided to to study fashion um you decided to move to italy of all the places and since then you've been in italy you speak fluent italian and <laughs> that's crazy and you've been working in fashion for, for all of these years um and when the pandemic happened potentially you know patient zero <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> so that was a joke it wasn't me it wasn't me <laughs> the, the pandemic happened you you came back uh, to to delhi for a bit and that's when you got married and now you're in london with your husband uh and you're still working in fashion so that's in a in a in a very very quick summary what maruk's been up to um and maybe a good place to start is why did you decide to do fashion like you studied history at what point when you were in college did you figure out that uh history ain't my thing uh, and i'm going to go study study fashion i mean i have to say history has always remained something that i've always been really keen on and like i love 
to go into a museum and just look at like artifacts and like maybe read an article every now and then. And it's something that I still absolutely love. But I didn't see myself ever as the master of one thing. Like I was always someone who was very much the jack of all trades if you had to look at someone as a personality. So the thought of going into academia really freaked me out. Like I was not someone um, like who could do a PhD or go into academic like full time. And there were so many people around me at Stephen who were that sort of person, right? Like in history, at least there's so many of us who did that afterwards. Um, when I had finished high school, I had always wanted to study fashion. And I remember my mom saying, but you're doing so well, maybe you should get yourself like a bachelor's degree before jumping into fashion. And like at that time, I absolutely hated her. Like as someone who was in the, in the end of their teens, I was like, you know, I, I hate this and whatever. But I actually look back at that very often and say, thank God my mom did that because I think that gave you a sort of cultural ground grounding and it gave you like um, such a such a like diverse view of the world versus having gone into a very like specific thing immediately. And that actually helped me um, a lot when I was going into fashion because I think Stephen kind of gave you um, extracurricular things, skills that, that you kind of lived with forever. So it was in terms of the interviews I did, I might have ended up seeming like a more interesting person sometimes. Not to say that someone who studied fashion doesn't have, uh, you know, this set of skills, but it just, I think that I had this personality that intrigued people because they're like, exactly like you asked, why did you study history and now you want to do fashion? Yeah. And I never saw myself as a designer. Like I wasn't someone who wanted to design clothing, but I always wanted to do communication and fashion was something I loved. So I was like, why not mix the two and do something of that sort? So, so you, start, you, you, you decided that, so you always had this flair for fashion. Um, you decided that you would pursue that. And yeah, I think you mentioned that as you were sort of thinking about where to go for fashion, um, you decided in Italy. Uh, I'm curious to know, well, it turned out to be a great decision, but you didn't really think about it. You know, you have New York and then I think you mentioned like, like that, these seem to be like the big places like Paris. And I think Italy, of course, is very fashionable. But yeah, like it, I, I don't know if it's like the top two places like one thinks about. So the reason was, so obviously one of the options was to stay in India. But with all of the things going on around me, like I just never, I, I grew up in Delhi. I was born and I grew up in Delhi. And for some reason, like Delhi never made me feel like I was... A Delhiite, like I don't know why. Um, it it was always very daunting, quite scary to be living in Delhi uh, as a woman, as a girl, and like going to uni, going taking the metro. Like you just have these experiences that don't make you feel comfortable. And and as a result, I was like, I'm not sure I want to like grow up or become an adult here because I wasn't being able to have experiences that a lot of other people were managing to have. Um, I had a sort of more um protected um you know sort of upbringing if you will and I felt like if I just stayed in that bubble like I wouldn't really mature or really like be able to live my like life as an adult because I'd li be living in like the same house I grew up in and I'd have all the comfort but I just wouldn't discover who I was or whatever like one of those journeys of discovery <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I started looking at where to apply abroad 
And um, if you want to study fashion, then, you know, you have Milan, Paris, New York, or London. And London and New York were, there were two reasons I didn't want to go there. One was because I really felt like I wanted to learn a new language. And if I went to London or New York, I wouldn't have. And the second was obviously I couldn't afford to live in these in these two cities. Like I had to think of that. And I knew that my parents would probably be taking care of me at least for the time being um, off my, like the duration of my course. So I was like, it's just not, it's not something I want to live with, like the guilt of having made my parents spend that money. Um, so then I was looking at Paris and Milan and just in terms of like, I had no family in these cities. So it was purely a decision of what inspires me more, like where do I want to go more? And, and Paris, um, I absolutely love Paris, but at the same time, for some reason, I had this inkling that Italian people were like warmer, friendlier, and might be easier to like settle down as a complete stranger in Italy. Um, and so I decided to move to Italy also because I had an idea it was sunnier. And frankly, like best decision ever. <laughs> Paris was quite cold and rainy too. Um, so but yeah, I, I, I thought Italians are pretty rude people. Like when I remember when yeah. I when I was visiting, I think we were maybe they were rude to tourists. But um, yeah, I think when we went to Rome, a bunch of people told me that oh, Italians are just like rude people. I mean, I think they see tourists as like walking money, like wallets, like they. And like every, everything is like, when I was going to Italy, I have like the, the funniest stories. Like my grandpa, he didn't talk to me for a month when I told him I was going to Italy. And I was like, you know, like one, one afternoon I'm sitting across him at lunch and like, why are you so angry? And he's like, no, you could have gone anywhere and you're going to Italy. And I was like, you know, Italy is great. Like I haven't been, but you know, it, it, it inspires me and it like looks great. It's definitely better than living in Delhi. And he goes like, um, you know what? The mafia is going to get you there. And I was like, <laughs> and this is my grandpa who'd like, who used to be a spy with the, with the Bureau of like, oh Intelligence. In India. And he was convinced that I was going to get involved in some sort of like mafia ring and then never come back. And like, I was like, I think things have changed since then. <laughs> oh, um, did you ever run into the mafia in your time? No, no, luckily no. <laughs> but um yeah and everyone else who I had told I was going to Italy had like experiences of the sort like oh they're not nice or they had um like their wallet stolen or like they went to Naples and had their entire luggage stolen or something of that sort so I was going with like basically like hugging my wallet like like you are in the Delhi metro (laughs) yeah (laughs) so nothing new but I, I never experienced that I always found them quite warm I think one thing you did really well, um, and you mentioned that is you learned the language. Uh, I think in a lot of these cities, and I see something in Singapore sometimes, you just get annoyed when there are like always tourists in your in your city, um, and especially when the tourists are not making uh, even like not even tourists, but like outsiders don't make any attempt to assimilate. Um, especially you know when you're very proud of your culture. So you said that you it was a very smart choice for you to learn Italian before going there, and you wouldn't have experienced it the same way. Give me an example of like why knowing Italian uh, was so important, at least in your early years, to like really experience Italy, Italy well. So I think um, I had studied French in school, so I had some base of 
you know, because because grammatically and in terms of syntax, they're quite similar. So that really helped. But having learned the language, um, even something as simple as going into a supermarket, you know, the experience you had with the person who was doing the checkout um, was so much warmer and so much friendlier versus, you know, uh, them saying, do you want, you know, do you want a bag or something in Italian? And you're going like, what did you just say? Um, and, and as a result, when people sort of realize that you're not from the place, but you're making an attempt to kind of fit in and, and, and you know, you're speaking the language, I feel like they suddenly become warmer because they understand you're, try you're making an effort. Um, and actually, you know, that, that sort of carries you forward into learning the language more because then they see, oh, this person's making an effort. So I'm going to speak to them in Italian. I'm going to correct them if they make a mistake grammatically. And all of that really, really helped um, me get to a point where I was fluent enough to be working in Italian. So, it, and it really helped to have flatmates who weren't Indian or um, international students because I was living with people from Sicily and Calabria and, and people who became like sisters to me. Um, but they actually had things like these ridiculous post-it notes that they would put on our fridge with all the ridiculous grammatical mistakes I used to make. Oh. All things like words that I would probably just think existed in Italian, looking at yeah. my like, because there were these tricks that you could use. And I used to like sometimes say words that absolutely meant something else or, uh, <laughs> or you know, they, and they just put them on the fridge and laugh at it. But that actually was helping me um, learn Italian better. Wow. So, so yeah. in, your, in your time there towards the end, like, were you living 100% speaking in Italian? Yeah, so uh, like the, the cities I lived in, I was the only Indian I knew. So, um, and there weren't a lot of international kids other, other, than, other than myself. So I was basically, the only time I would speak English or Hindi was when I was calling up home to speak to my parents or to speak to Saithak. So it was basically 18 hours a day speaking in Italian and working in Italian and having sort of um, the reports under me when I was at Kiko um, speaking to me in Italian like I had to like be a manager in Italian which was <laughs> weird so you had to have like like business language or like business Italian and being able to be tell telling people off in Italian and stuff. oh my so, god <laughs> that's crazy so that means emails and like you're like 100% proficient in Italian I actually was told a lot of times that when I was speaking in Italian, people didn't think I was Indian. Um, they just they just told me I was they they thought I was like from the south of Italy, and because my accent came from from the Sicilian and Calabrese I was living with back then, um, and and yeah, they just thought I was from there because I think also we have a lot of like similar characteristics in terms of appearances. Uh, I think a lot of Indians could look Italian. So yeah, they just they just assumed I was I was from there. Oh wow, that's crazy. And so seven years you spent in Italy. Um, and throughout this time you were working, working in fashion. So maybe let's talk about what life in fashion is. Is it like devils like wear Prada? Is that is that the world of fashion? There definitely are those moments. Like I have to say there are moments where I'm just like, what? the hell am I just watching like yeah like give me an example those... of, give me an example of this this is so exciting <laughs> <laughs> oh god I feel like I'm like oh 
so things like you know you have someone come to your desk and like just throw their bag at like you know at the desk and go like we have an issue and you're like okay tell me what it is <laughs> that happens yeah 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 and it's like um or yeah just things like that or, or you have like angry influencers who posted something on social media and that's basically ruined the rest of your day because you're trying to like manage a pr crisis um yeah all sorts of stuff and 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 that's something what you would look to so you started doing social media and like pr related stuff for for all of these fashion brands yeah so my first job was like digital so it was wider i was doing website and social media and newsletters and whatever um but in all of this i don't i don't know how like just by chance i i happened to like social media more and also just happened to find roles that were more specific to social media and i think it it's it's something that's so full of opportunity and like the kind of experiences you have there you have to have patience like a lot of times i think <laughs> patience is key um but you get to do it like you get to do things that that you might not be able to do working in other departments at a fashion brand so for example i was really lucky when i was working with kiko that i got to go to fashion week and i was attending like milan paris and london fashion week in the same month and that was quite crazy like i never thought i would be the person you know like flying between these cities within that same month to to cover shows and stuff so it was super exciting the the world of fashion looks so glamorous um you know everybody sort of you know putting up these crazy pictures everybody is like you know all like dressed up i'm curious to know that since you work in the in and i have been working in the industry for so long like what's like the hardest part of of like working in fashion uh, is it like the ridiculous people like you see i think it definitely is like you you do come across a lot of personalities i have to say um but i think you i think one of the things that that i mean and it's quite obvious is that you constantly feel judged by appearance and that's not necessarily something that everyone feels comfortable with you know like i i've just resorted to like dressing black all the time like i'm that person now who's like got my go to is a black thing and it usually works but but i feel like there's there's a very high expectation of like expressing yourself through the way that you dress and i think that a lot of people have very like specific styles i've always again like been someone who's very happy wearing something very like streetwear one day and something very glamorous the next day so i don't think i have a very specific fashion style and being sort of in the office surrounded by people who i i can't say they dress glamorously to work but it's definitely not the regular sort of work wear that you see in other offices it does give you a lot of freedom like you see people wearing anything to work like it's great <laughs> but but is that like like does everybody have like um i don't have but is there like a pressure to be like you need to you have a very like signature and unique fashion sense and that needs to come off in the way you dress like is everybody under that constant like i think um definitely if you're more of a creative person so if you're like working in the design area of fashion i think that's sort of expected out of you to have like a vision of style that's different from the others yeah but i think 
most of the people working in in other departments they are very much like everyone else and they're just doing their job and trying to just go home wearing black like they're just like yeah. don't don't notice me <laughs> i'm not here is that the um, reason why people wear black then because i know a lot of europeans i think a lot of scandinavians they just like they always wear black and i'm like it's safe it's safe and and it's so so there was this really strange thing that i discovered which were like color harmonies that go with your skin tone and it was something that like this was a big thing last year in italy where people would like look at color palettes mm-hmm. that go with your skin tone and complement the color of your hair and the color of your skin and so like people would start doing these weird like tests to see what colors they should be wearing also based on their skin in the summer when it's tan versus their skin in the winter that sort of thing yeah. um but i've just realized like black looks great on everyone ever all the time <laughs> so so what would happen if i met one of these people who are in fashion and they and i tell them you know what my go to brand is uniqlo i actually think a lot of people in fashion go to uniqlo because they do great basics um and and outerwear like why not uh, so and they, i don't they think, wouldn't judge they wouldn't judge that i i just wear uniqlo i think people are getting more judgy towards things that are like very clearly fast fashion non sustainable that sort of thing like fashion's really going there now and like people are getting called out um brands are getting called out for that sort of thing but i don't think other than that people make heavy judgments based on the brands that you wear <laughs> i i'm very nervous to meet people who are highly fashionable and i'm like guys my wardrobe is just uniqlo so if that's cool <laughs> i i i i'm game um, it's safe it's very safe yeah okay so you mentioned that um, if you want Ital- if you want indian uh you probably would have been italian and like i think the culture you, you said that was very very similar to to what you experienced in india um what about italy did you like so much apart from i think the food of course is amazing but that's all i know about italy um uh, but tell me like what about italy made you fall so much in love with the with, with the with the place um definitely like i have to say the people and their upbringing and and the way they value family the way they value tradition um that sort of thing obviously their traditions are very different and um all of that but in terms of they tend to live with their families till they're married um they're very close to their mothers like the mother the grandmother they're like these figures that in the italian family that are like formidable and and in general simple things like on the street the fact that you see road rage <laughs> in a way that you would never see in europe um or like i was telling you the bureaucratic stuff like if you need to do if you need to just change your residence you need to go to like six government offices understand from one person what you need go to six different tables it's like it takes a day away from from your like life doing that sort of thing um the fact that people are absolutely mad about weddings and and celebration and drinking and dancing and like it's it's a very like i think it's got a lot of things very very similar to the things that we love in india and that we value in india i mean our lives revolve around food even in india so <laughs> the fact that food and weddings have... <laughs> and wedding so i think um, obviously different food and different culture and everything but the way they value it is very very similar and and the way you see someone just like take out their hand and do this like who on the street um just the way you'd see someone like scream something obscene in india like right? so you'll started off in milan 
where you were doing your masters. Then you went to like a small town and then you ended up like another smallish town next to Milan. And in both these small towns, you said you were probably the only Indian. Like, what do Italians think about <laughs> Indians? Like, do they think we are like Bollywood and Chamak? Like, I don't know Chamak Chalo, but... I obviously wasn't the only Indian in these days. Like, I think Indians are everywhere. But I think that for the circles that that I was frequenting, yeah. um, I was the first, you know, Indian person they were talking to often. Yeah. So I had like, I had all sorts of ridiculous questions being asked to me sometimes which was the most ridiculous question you got asked oh my god a guy once asked me if i went to school on a cow um <laughs> and, and i thought he was joking when he did that um but no like and i and i actually convinced him like i said yes of course and then i told him that the cow like our, our community cow would come pick me up at six in the morning and would like walk me to school and then oh i would come god. back and like we would let it graze in the in the fields behind my house. <laughs> but yeah, and he he totally bought it. So yeah, people people really don't know what's happening. I was once asked if women can drive in India, which I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Have you can. seen me? <laughs> oh wow, that's so, crazy. Like apart from this cow stuff and all, but like are, are they intrigued? Or do they feel that there's some mysterious land of like snake charmers and all that? Or is it much more like Oh yeah, you I guys think, are a cool country. We've seen you in the news. I think a lot of people our age have now sort of um, a better idea of what India looks like and, okay. and, you know, like the kind of lives we live. But I think they still have a lot of um, ideas that might come from documentaries or like constantly just watching Discovery Channel where they'll show the poorest parts of India or the you know the 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 street life which which isn't necessarily the life that a lot of people in cities are living so I think a lot of that was trying to change that perception of theirs um but the thing is like by the time I was leaving they all wanted to visit and they were all so disappointed that they weren't able to attend my wedding they were oh like, yes the one Indian <laughs> friend we had <laughs> and you decide to go do this yeah oh yeah that's like when people are like, oh, Indian friend, we want an Indian wedding. Like, we don't care who you get married to, but we want an Indian wedding. Like, my God, what is this? Yeah, you guys had a quite a quite a small wedding, so they, they didn't miss anything much. No, but they were really upset. We decided to get married in the in the pandemic. They were like, yeah, like the one Indian friend. Come on, you had to do like the full shebang, the Bollywood yeah. style wedding. Will you guys do like a big shebang at some point for, for your Italian buddies? I really wanted to, and a plan was to do it in the next 10 days in December. We were planning oh. to be down for an event, like a reception. Um, but with the new variant, it's just sort of all... Yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know when this shit is going to go on, but well, I don't know. You, you, you live with it. So yeah. let's, talk about, let's talk about the pandemic. You are doing <laughs> all of these crazy flights. Uh, Milan, Paris, Fashion Week. And then you you can catch the flu. And for people who can't see me, air quotes. Uh, this was in <laughs> Feb 2020. You felt sick. Um, and turns out you had COVID. Yeah. I only found out much later. But basically, it was um, a few days after Milan Fashion Week. And I started feeling a little under the weather. And it was, the, actually, it was the day of my birthday. And I was supposed to meet friends. And I was like, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. I, I'll just go out and chill. But then 
we'd booked lunch and just before that I started feeling like a like a fever coming on and I was like I don't know if I can go out I don't feel great and that's the reason I didn't go out it wasn't because people thought COVID was contagious it was because I didn't feel good and nobody was really talking about COVID it was still something we joked about saying oh you know you've have you seen that virus in China it's, you know, <laughs> the Wuhan virus and yeah and a couple of like the Monday after like so two days after I was supposed to go to Paris for Paris Fashion Week and um I was getting ready I was saying okay it's just a flu it's just gonna be over like I'm gonna be fine I'm gonna travel and um our office started issuing like these um travel advisories saying things are getting serious you shouldn't travel whatever so that got cancelled and I was a bit bummed but at the same time I was beginning to get sicker and sicker and sicker every day so back then there were no COVID tests um there was a complete shortage of face masks and hand sanitizer in Italy like people had hoarded it and in general like production wasn't high enough yet um it wasn't something that people were buying in such quantities so I had my flatmate who was an emergency nurse and she had like bought me a face mask jokingly for my birthday saying oh you must have got the Wuhan virus <laughs> she just gave it to me like that and and I basically used that face mask till we were able to get new face masks two weeks later um and yeah it was it was quite scary like I had all the symptoms that we now know were symptoms um and I was li- like sort of living alone I wasn't really interacting with my flatmates so it was quite tough and I think my parents back home were not having a good time because um they were really worried yeah and yeah so I sort of recovered from it and two weeks after they were beginning to like announce lockdowns and Italy was the first country to be planning a lockdown and something in me just told me listen if I didn't have the virus two weeks ago I don't want to be (laughs) getting it now if my immunity is low so just get out of here and I booked a flight on a Saturday night for the next morning to go to India and using that fun face mask that I had uh, (laughs) from when my flatmate made that joke and I reached India and for the first time it was like oh she's come from Italy stay the the hell away from her she's come from Italy Um, but yeah And, and I stayed in India for six months I packed for two weeks but I stayed for six months at what point did you realize that oh shit I might have had COVID so it was um in June or July 2020 that we were getting like regular blood tests sort of thing and I was like oh let's add an antibody test just for fun you know and and I had like skyrocketing antibodies and I was like okay yeah that was what I had in Feb was clearly COVID um but I was so excited to be leaving Italy when I was leaving Italy from in March 2020 that India had like 30 or 40 COVID cases so I was like yeah I'm gonna go to India I'm gonna party Italy's locking down I land in India I finished my two-week quarantine and Modi announced lockdown and oh, I was like, shit. my life <laughs> oh man yeah pandemic has been quite the quite the event um and it's so crazy like when I speak to every person and everybody has a pandemic story <laughs> yours is just hilarious you had a pandemic story without knowing that you had COVID without <laughs> knowing there was a pandemic like I was I was thinking oh yeah it's fine <laughs> it's probably the OG 
pandemic story where it all started people laugh about it even now because i was like going grocery shopping i didn't have someone to help me out so Correct. like with covid i would just go at a time with like where i had like and 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 i wouldn't have done that now everyone should know the listeners please i i am a responsible adult but when i didn't know that i had covid i would put on a face mask and go get my groceries because i had no one to like really help me like what do i do yeah it's absolutely ridiculous like at that point of time even in i think this was feb 2020 so even when i was taking flights i was like oh you know i'll wear the mask just so that the people don't trouble me but we were also still taking flights and things were open um we were i, I think i was at a wedding um in jan feb or something like that um yeah and now to think of it today that you had covid and you were going to the grocery and you were doing this <laughs> oh my god you were going <laughs> like people were just like cancel 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 yeah. <laughs> and and, and where i was which was the city of bergamo which is the city i was living in yeah near milan became basically oh like the epicenter yeah of of europe and it was really really scary because just a couple of weeks after i left they had like army trucks coming in to do do mass funerals and stuff it was really scary and i'm 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 really glad i got out of it um because it would have just been harrowing psychologically to be living through that away from family yeah 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 probably everybody in in that city probably got 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 the covid yeah i think and i think it like every single person that you knew had lost someone close to them because mm-hmm. it was at such a such a you know early stage of yeah. trying to understand the virus that most people like i think there was so much secrecy also like it wasn't like there was a lot of information coming out of china so people just didn't yeah. know how to deal with it and and they weren't prepared like they never imagined this would happen so like in terms of ventilators and stuff and my flatmate like i was telling you she was an emergency nurse so she would she has ptsd at the moment because she just was watching people die and telling them that they had to go home because there weren't enough oh my like God. systems for them it it's really yeah you were in india when the india whatever the delta wave and all happened for you in india no i was okay. like i was lucky not to be there but mm. i think it was also really scary to you know think yeah. of family being back home yeah that that was and, really bad um, yeah i'm i'm assuming that italy see what looked like that in the earlier days and then india yeah. it's crazy anyway hopefully this variant is not as deadly and we can move on but i uh, know it's two and a half years now it's just two and a half years it's crazy uh, yeah like i i i forgotten track i like 2020 2021 2022 it's like i don't know it's just like one big mash but anyway you may, you make you make both you make the best of what you have the good thing which came out of the pandemic is you got married yes. 20 days <laughs> ha, ha, what was that conversation like hey sartav this pandemic doesn't seem to be going man so let, let's just get get married in the next 20 days <laughs> no i think um well we've been dating for a really for a really long time and i think um we we'd always like it was something that we knew would eventually happen like and and he had asked me a couple of months or like a year before we actually decided to do it but when he asked me to marry him we didn't tell our family there's like if we tell them they're going to go crazy and they're going to want to plan something so let's just not tell them we got engaged let's yeah. like just just keep it a secret and 
we we kept it going. No, no, no then, big deal. Yeah, yeah. We're just like if we tell them, they're gonna be like, "What does this mean? Do you want to get married? Whatever, whatever." Oh, we're like, no, God. no, no. It's fine. We uh, we're just not into that sort of drama. Yeah. So then when we were in Delhi in 2020, um, we're like, oh, fine, we should make our, fa- like, just let's make our families meet and whatever. And we'd actually just planned to make them meet because they hadn't ever met. And I think they just understood the agenda immediately. They were like, let's talk business. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of us are just sitting there and, and they're like, yeah. Um, so his, his mom's quite religious. She's like, oh yeah, if we need to do it, it needs to be done either in June. Otherwise the next auspicious moment is like sometime in September. Yeah. So then everyone's like in that room, they're like, yeah, let's do June. And I was like, uh, hello. like <laughs> and then 20 days later, you guys are married. Yeah. And I think I had like the most intimate, adorable um, couple of like, because we weren't really interacting with other people. So we had um, some of my really close friends were our neighbors and Sarthak's family and that's it and so like Sarthak's sister and he and my friends dated my Mendy and stuff so it was it was really really sweet and like like I wouldn't have done it any other way I think it was really precious yeah so yeah yeah the pictures looked really nice I I saw that some of them on (laughs) on your Instagram so yeah it looked very like very intimate very quiet uh just with like family uh yeah it looked really really nice and and as a result you moved to London so how are you liking London so far? It's quite overwhelming. It's a huge city. Um, it's got so much to do that you always feel like you're not doing enough. Like in terms of like the number of concerts and the number of gigs and the number of pubs you can go to and then restaurants you can eat at, you constantly feel like you need to be doing more. But it's also such an expensive city. So you constantly have to keep deciding what you want to do and like make priorities between like, I want to go to like this festival and then I'll go to, like, it's just, it's overwhelming. But I I really like it because it feels like you could be anywhere in the world. Like it's such a metropolitan city. And one thing I really missed in Italy was there weren't enough Indian restaurants or uh, Indian grocery stores. And here it's like, you could be, you could get anything. Yeah. It's great. And, and I'm sure you miss Italy, yeah? I do. I, oh, I do. What was the biggest thing you miss about the Italian life? You said you miss burrata? Mm. Burrata for lunch? Oh, uh, oh, Is that okay? Yes. yes. It, it's, it's amazing. Like, I, if you haven't had burrata, please go to like a nice Italian restaurant and get yourself a portion of burrata. It's the best. Um, but I think, yeah, apart from the food, definitely I, I, I had friendships that I will treasure for the rest of my life people who became like family to me because I didn't have family there and like welcomed me into like weekends with their parents or stuff like that which you know you really feel special um being able to do and the other thing is you're never too far from a beach in Italy because of how long like you know how the shape of the country is such that a max four hour drive and you're at the beach. And I think that's something I really, really miss. So on a good day, you just decide, oh, let's go to the beach. And I'm like, yes, that's great life. And, and do you think at some point in like in the years to come, you see yourself back in Italy or like, oh, that, that chapter is done, probably not. Oh no, uh, if, if, if Sarthak was able to move to Italy, I would move to Italy again tomorrow. Wow. Um, yeah, the quality of life there is great. And and Italy, like big city Italy or like second, like small city Italy? 
I have to say I did both and small city Italy is is very cute mm-hmm. initially but if you're a big city person then you do miss the comforts of a big city and it it does sort of you you grow out of it and mm. got it okay yeah. i know we're touching the hour so i'm curious to know if if over these last 10 years um maruk at 19 who had never left delhi uh, to maruk today who speaks fluent italian um what have been like shifts in beliefs you've had over the last decade and by shifts in belief i mean things which you strongly believed when you were like younger well you're still young but probably you know you've you've shifted and you're like you have a 180 degree opposite view on on those things now you have as you as you're reaching the end of your 20s um definitely that um you you'll never completely be an adult like um i feel like i feel like you know when you were 19 you thought oh by the time you're 29 you know you're going to have a complete understanding of the world and stuff and and i am just like wow i still need to understand how taxes are done i still need to and like i i all of that stuff is just overwhelming to me still and i think find it absurd because there was a point you know when you're 19 you think oh you know i've got that under control i'll know that in the next 10 years and and there's no way you know all of that still so definitely uh, an expectation of being an adult that just does not get completed um Yeah, I I think that. Yeah, I I don't do taxes. I think it's one of those things where in any adult way of doing it, it just get somebody else to do it. <laughs> I am just like I will like literally just take take my money, take my papers. I don't know, like I probably do it wrong and get arrested somewhere. Like I don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> That's your taxes, right? You try to do it yourself and you get it wrong, and then you're like. Why the fuck did I even try? Just like please do this. Here's my money. Just do it. I think taxes are are built that way. But uh, yeah, I remember when and I the first, first time I had to do taxes, I was doing them in Italian. So I was like, oh wow, okay, okay. That 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 is where I draw the line. Like I speak Italian, but I do not speak like taxing and financial Italian. Like I'm yeah. sorry, like that is not happening. I, I I did my taxes like why will I pay a C five hundred rupees to like whatever. um so yeah, i edited my taxes when i got the first salary and yeah like six months later i got a notice from the income tax department which some <laughs> long thing and i shut my pants i'm like notice from itr fuck call us ca pay down the money and at the end of it he was like oh i'm going to get you a refund from the income tax department i'm like my god you got it those are the money. best news ever like those, those things news. you're like yes unexpected money <laughs> yes <laughs> okay nice um what two pieces of advice do you have for 19 year old maruk wow that that's really like poignant question um i think like go out there go see the world um experience everything experience the good and the bad of it um don't be afraid to try new things don't be afraid to like do new things and at the same time don't forget where you come from and like stay close to your family Yeah. Is it what's like the one thing you like you discovered about yourself when when you when you sort of left home? It was your first time living away from home. Um yeah, I I'm curious now. I think a lot of us who live in India and start living by ourselves sort of have one or two of these epiphanies uh, that we learn about ourselves. I'm curious to know if you've had some of mm-hmm. those. 
I think I realized I'm quite regimental, like uh, in terms of the one thing that I think has really, really just kept me grounded and kept me going every single day, even of the pandemic, is having a routine and working out every single day. And I realized how much I crave that now because that that little rush of um, endorphins at the end of a workout is <laughs> is is what I crave at the at the end of like a work from home boring day. Um, but it also just keeps you sane. Like I feel like that's just my therapy, and um, it's something that that I realized that I'm so regimental about only once I was living away from home. And the other thing I realized is always plan your financials <laughs> because, because when I when I was um, interning in Italy, there were days when like uh, I had decided not to ask my parents for any more money, but I would have days where I'd have like five euros in my account until like five days till the end, like till the end of the month. So I'd be like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, now can I put milk in our coffee today? Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I had just decided like I, I did not want a penny from my parents after I started working, but you know, the first couple of months were not easy. Exactly. So yeah, but but then once you start planning it better and doing less night outs where you have a lot of cocktails that cost a fuckload, um, you 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 figure it out. Yeah. Oh, that's like music to my ears because they're not music to my ears, but I, I'm so sort of uh, with you on that. Um, yeah, like just if we had, I, I don't think we are going to blame. Yes, that's good advice. But the truth is that we were like, financially illiterate like nobody taught us like how to deal with money um and now like i am up my like cousins and my like younger siblings asses that get your finances in order because like life is just much better when you have all of this in control and then you know things at least you know where your money is right yeah um, so yeah uh, i wish i wish somebody had like told me to manage finances better because when you and again like i want to start doing it a bit now but when we were like 2021 20, and whatever making even some pittance if you're like sort of invested that money and now like 10 years later you look at it and i'm like you know what, if i put it like like 500 rupees per month aside that would have been looking pretty damn good 10 years later and i'm like oh damn yeah um so yeah financial yeah. Is, is good advice yeah you know it's always going to be important like you never like i don't think you're ever going to reach a point in your life where you say that's not important yeah i mean i hope you do but <laughs> i i don't know. yeah you you never reach the point where you're like oh i have enough money because that that's a that's a treadmill which never stops um yeah and the only way to sort of i think get ahead of it is just be on top of your money um yeah i know where they are maruk i asked all my guests if they have a question for me after all the questions i've asked you uh what question do you have for me if you were like if you could choose where to work and where to live where mm. would it be where to work and where to live like if even if it's a place you haven't visited but a place that fascinates you i think somewhere in the caribbean like just one of those places um, those remote islands yeah i don't know yeah. so there are a few places i would really like i think new york is a place i would love but I don't think I can. I would live there forever, right? I think it's one of those places where you you live there, you get the thrill of the city. Um, but yeah, I think if I think like, yeah, the Caribbean just feels really nice. Um, Bali is 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 a place much closer to home, which has been an active sort of like active thing on my mind because 
you know, the same time zone, it's like literally an hour's flight to anywhere else in, in the region. So in the pandemic, like a lot of my colleagues and like people I know in Indonesia have literally packed their bags up and, and gone off to Bali. Um, and it has like a huge digital nomad community as well. Massive, massive. I have one of my closest Italian friends who decided to drop everything and go live in Bali. And she's, she does social media from there. So Yeah, it's a great place. And it's so wonderful. Like the people are just so nice there. Yeah, like it's just like, like the vibe of Bali is just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's super cool. It's not like, you know, you have Bangkok and you have those beaches and like Koh Samui and Bali is like the total opposite of that. It's like super chill. Um, but yeah, may, maybe Bali close. Caribbean would just be like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Uh, but Bali is like, <laughs> probably like cl- closer to home. Nice. Awesome. Maruk, thanks a ton for doing this. Yeah. It's been my pleasure. Really. It was really, really nice talking to you and catching up with you. And if people have to keep up with you, how can they find you? I think the social media I'm currently most active on would be Instagram. So always feel free to reach out to me there. Um, and yeah. And now that you're in London, I know there are a bunch of people in London who listen to this. So they should hit you up. Yeah, come, come, come find me. Come write to me on Instagram and we'll catch find up. Me. Over, yeah. <laughs> it's a big city. You don't, don't find me. You don't know where I live. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, I would love to meet. Awesome. We shall wrap this. And again, Maruk, thanks again for, for doing this and making the time. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. If you've been enjoying these conversations, please leave us a review. You can review us on Apple Podcast or any of your podcast players. If on Spotify, just go follow us. If you've enjoyed this ad-free experience, it's because we don't have any sponsors. But if you'd like to support the show, you can now buy us a coffee. You can find the link in the show notes below. I upload new episodes every Saturday, not Friday, and I'll see you in the next one.